in an abandoned underground city at the Spanish coast near Malaga, I found a USB stick containing 300 random movies from arthouse to weird, from obscure to notorious. Now, in lockdown, it is time to watch and discuss them all in an international podcast project. Two Turks and a German, two filmmakers and a mystery man. Welcome to Mysterium Pictorum. Thank you. Welcome, welcome to Mysterium Pictorum episode 13. Guys, this is going to be the unlucky one. Uh, is it the one that will get us cancelled or is it going to be a really bad one? What's your guess? Why? It's a, why should we get cancelled? Because it's episode 13. It's the unlucky ah, episode. Okay, I was thinking about the movie and I thought it's a... Um Just right before we started the recording, I was talking about how how Turks um, are not able to listen to people, and now 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 I ask one very simple question, and you prove me right after calling me an asshole before for just for just stating this very basic truth. Did you did you also record our uh, what? What you no, I did not record that. Oh, what a shame! That would be so funny. Well, that's that's. Ooh, uh, you can actually put those on like Patreon for our truest fans. So oh yes, yes. Once that's we start a, a yeah, once we start a Patreon, uh, we should definitely do that. Like as a as a as a special thing. Uh, it, <laughs> Let me write that down. That's a really good idea for the for the future Patreon. It's yes. it's it's coming your way, folks. It's coming your way because Jaren is gonna buy a new microphone soon. Um, and, and you'll and hear all my German porn uh, experience. <laughs> <laughs> It's but it's but 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 it's really weird. Like uh, I I think fifty percent of our audience is Turkish, and uh, this is a podcast, so they have to listen. So um, please, dear listening Turks, um, write to us about how how do you manage this um, logical discrepancy, uh, not being able to listen yet listening. It's 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 weird. Um, all right, I think that wasn't that was an awesome start. Um, let's answer. The burning question on everyone's mind right now, who are we? Nissan, who are you? I am Nissan Arkan. I am 30 years old. <laughs> <laughs> But I'm 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 getting used to it. And sometimes I'm a really good listener. <laughs> <laughs> you're still not over being 30. It's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's too sad. soon. It's too soon. <laughs> <laughs> who, who, who's speaking there? Who, who's uh, Jaren? Who are you? I'm, I'm Jaren, and that's all you need to know. Fantastic. <laughs> Now, who am I? I am glad you asked. Um, Everybody knows who you are, Lars. That's that's true, but I still like to tell people who I am because you know. Hi, my name is. Uh, oh, that was cringy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> It's episode 13, you I, guys. I just wanted to say when when you were like uh, talking, when you were like saying, I, I like to t talk about myself. I just want to say, oh, you're such a millennial. And then you made an Eminem joke, which you proved that you're such a millennial. Ever since you're on TikTok, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's st stop trying to be an honorable member of Gen Z. Speaking of TikTok, we both have TikTok accounts now. You should follow us. Yeah, let me. 
me, let me, let me finish, let me finish. My name is Lars Henriks and I'm an actor, filmmaker and writer from Hamburg, Germany. You can find out everything about me on www.larshenriks.de. You can find all my films there with links to where they are streaming. And yes, after I have quit social media in the beginning of this podcast, I'm now back on the only worthwhile social media platform from around and that's TikTok. You can well, find I mean, me. I'm. You're not even dancing. No, no, I, I don't think the dances are a thing anymore. Every, every everyone I'm following is, uh, is 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 talking about philosophy and uh, and mythology and archaeology. Wow, so the lame so. part of TikTok. No, it's it's the really cool part of TikTok, kids. It's the knowledge part of TikTok. It's the let's learn something part of TikTok, kids. It's all uh, people who are in their thirties, <laughs> and nobody's nobody's dancing. Um, but it's yeah, no, it's 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 uh, so much more fun than um, Instagram and Facebook have been lately. I guess every social medium is a lot of fun when it starts out, and then when the social medium starts to sell stuff to its users, um, it becomes. Uh, obsolete it becomes just uh, uh, yeah cancer for your phone and TikTok isn't quite there yet I'm sure it will reach that point at some point but then there will be the next social media uh, platform that I can join then and right now TikTok like TikTok like TikTok yes uh, I think that's a that's a that's a that's a joke in, 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 in Turkish I, I, I know about that I, know, I actually do know about that um But yeah, uh, that's a, that's a great joke for our Turkish audience, uh, I guess. <laughs> um, I'm at Lars Henriks on TikTok. That's all I wanted to say. Um, and Nissan, you you what? My name is. After I turned 30, I called my username in TikTok so little time because that's the story of my life. Yeah, there's no old people in Turkey, right? I uh, when we were in Istanbul, that was a, a, a thing that, that that really stood out to me. Uh, old people either do not go out on the streets, or um, Turkey doesn't have old people. What, uh, what's going on there, guys? Yeah, it's not like in Germany. You're right. Yeah, no. It's uh, if you if you go out into a, a city in Germany, like eighty year olds will are all around and and Germany. There are more old people outside than young people. Even during Corona, all old people were like there trying to get me. I was social distancing during Corona. There's still Corona, but you know yeah, what I mean. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> back when you still back believed then. in that crap, right? <laughs> Before you found out about the conspiracy. <laughs> <laughs> Jaren, do you not want to add to this uh, interesting question about no old people being in, 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 in Turkey? I think you're highly mistaken because it's all old people I see whenever I go out these days. Because they're Maybe. all vaccinated now, all the 65 plus people. So just roaming around the streets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we, we are talking about different kinds of old people. 65 plus, that's not old in Germany. <laughs> those, are, those are the newcomers. Like, we mean like 90 plus yeah, yeah. people. <laughs> how can you tell if you see an old person, like over 70, how old they are? Well, uh, there's a certain stage uh, at which people start uh, resembling dried fruit. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they look like dried dates we or dried figs. Look like that someday too. <laughs> I know. If we are lucky. But but it's yeah, but it's it's <laughs> not going to be your uh, your fault. It's it's like at some point you you look in the mirror and you say, oh, I've reached dried fruit state. <laughs> I can stop caring now. <laughs> or Actually, looking forward to that. How, how close your balls are to the ground. 
Yeah, uh, I, I, I think uh, in, in one of my scripts, something something about that is is um, is said, right? Nissan, we had the joke about the balls being yeah, close to the ground. And there was this web series we made for, for this acting school and and that one acting student, she had an affair with her own no, teacher. No, 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 no. The, the, the joke is actually in an unfilmed script of mine. It's in Menschenfresser, Maneater. Uh, uh, and, so uh, by supporting us on Patreon, they can fund that movie and finally get yes. to see it. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, and and uh, get to hear the joke about old man's balls being really close to the ground. Um, ah, now I remember. I thought um, you were talking about the song this boy made for the girl he was in love with, but she had an affair with the, with her teacher. Yeah, but he doesn't talk about his balls. I thought so. No, I, I think he talks about his anus being smelly or something. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a really tasteful writer, you guys. <laughs> uh, by the way, um, uh, if, if, if you find us as tasteful as I uh, think we are, um, please leave us a review on iTunes. Um, I've said that last time and I must say, um, I don't see any reviews on iTunes. Shame because, on you guys. Honestly, Yeah, right. Uh, it, it, it takes you a minute um, and it really, really, really actually helps. And uh, we would like to uh, expand our listener base to um, have a reason to set up that Patreon account so you can get all the awesome uh, extra stuff, all our secret, even worse discussions that we have before and after the podcast. Even more racist. <laughs> <laughs> If you think they, they haven't been racist enough lately, <laughs> then <laughs> all right, please leave a, uh, leave an iTunes review, but 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 a five star review, right? Like do do, do not do not cancel us just yet, <laughs> not not before we took off. Um, okay, ten minutes in, let's start talking about the movie. <laughs> how did everyone like it, Nissan? How did you like the movie? I thought it was great. Amazing. Yaren, how did you like the movie? Just great. But it also made me sad because of Corona. I, I miss theaters. Yeah. Yeah, I do too. Um, and how did I like the movie? I thought it was great. Good. Uh, this is going to be, this is going to be a happy episode. A happy episode. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm 30 now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, how did we watch it? Is the next question, uh, to, 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 which I which I always uh, uh, we, we always talk about how we watched it in every episode, and um, it's it's uh, remarkable how um, answers to that keep uh, being kind of interesting. Every time when I write down that question, I think, well, we watched it like we watched it every time. Um, but 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 Nissan, Nissan, was there anything special about our watching of this movie this time? I I don't think so. Was it? Um. We watched it at home. We ate uh, durum dinner. No, 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 no. We didn't eat durum dinner. We we, no? we 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 ate durum last night when we watched the ah, yeah. the documentary about Bergman. You're right. You're right. Oh, you that. actually came prepared this time. Yes, <laughs> we always do. I never do. Yeah, how, how did you watch it? I I watched it with like really low expectations. I was like half into a big gin bottle. So completely smashed, but it was a really nice surprise. Ah, let's let, let, let's talk a bit about uh, drug use and movies. Um, <laughs> at, at the moment, there's a there, uh, there's a substance uh, uh, like, like that is that is analogous, like very similar to 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 acid. So it's it's basically LSD. 
um, but uh, it's it's slightly chemically altered, so um, so that it's legal in Germany right now, and it will take until uh, until July, I think, uh, to Ooh. illegalize it. <laughs> so right now, apparently, uh, um, like like some relative of Donald Trump um, sells that stuff in a in a shop oh, wow. in Berlin. Like not only is that shop open and legal, it's all also allowed to open during Corona. Like oh, right nice. now, on, only shops uh, meant for 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 like. Uh, products that are needed daily are allowed to open and this guy opens a shop selling LSD. So uh, right now we have like uh, a couple of micro doses LSD at home because a friend uh, gave them to us. Hey kids, come for movie reviews, stay for how you can find your drugs in Germany. Yeah, right. Uh, in, in Berlin, there's an LSD shop, kids. Uh, so, um, Donald Trump's cousin or something. Yeah, Donald But I think that's an urban legend. No, the guy, the guy is actually called Trump. Really? Yes, 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 yes. Um, so, 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 uh, I, I think this, this movie wasn't the, <laughs> the right movie <laughs> for, um, for, 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 for watching it, uh, while taking LSD. But, uh, next week, <laughs> next week, maybe we will, we will also, uh, have been intoxicated while, uh, watching the film. Like you were this time. Did the gin, um, did the gin do anything to your enjoyment of the film? Yeah, it made me appreciate it much more. Nissan is making noise because the, the, the chair broke, broke the down chair under her again. Mm. Um, is it because she's 30? Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. Th 30 and unbelievably obese. It, <laughs> it happened. <laughs> like, Immediately. Yeah. It's just <laughs> like popcorn. <laughs> um, yeah, okay. No, uh, we watched it uh, entirely sober and um, it was great anyway. Um, I'm gonna... Uh, get another chair because this is that it's over <laughs> hey kids support us so they can buy another chair yeah right <laughs> uh, that, that Patreon account is coming up please leave some iTunes reviews so uh, so it will make sense to um, set one up um, Yaren are you a Bergman fan in general I don't think I've seen many of his movies just like the basics Seventh Seal and all that Yeah, Seventh Seal is actually one of the ones that I'm not that much into. Like, I, I, I respect it, but I think I've liked other films of his more. I guess, I mean, by the time we watched it, it was already a super cliche. Yeah, yeah, I think I think the Seventh Seal has been parodied so much that mm. it's, um, it's, it's hard to really take it seriously now, right? Like, after watching Monty Python and Bill and Ted and stuff like that, it's... it's I mean, even Schwarzenegger movies included in one way or another so yeah but yeah but but, but me personally um i am Bergman's bitch uh <laughs> i i think i've seldomly seen a Bergman film that i did not like uh, he has made a comedy i think in the 50s um which is bad <laughs> it has depressing parts which are good but the comedy is bad so um that's a, that's a ba bad Bergman film and then he has made a, a film called the passion of anna which is just unfocused but Apart from that, it's not terrible. But um, other than that, uh, every Batman film I've seen so far, uh, I thought was a masterpiece. And it's no different for this one. Nissan, do you like Ingmar Bergman at all? Um, yes, I do. I think I've seen four or five movies uh, he made. And I thought Shame was really good. Um, also... Uh, I don't know the name anymore. The other one with um, with the same actors. No, with uh, Hour of the Wolf. Yes, 
That, that that's the the one on the island, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are the ones I love too. Like, um, I, I I don't think I'm a fan of his of of many of his uh, later works that I've seen. There's a there's a German film he made, The Life of the Marionettes, which I think is awful. And uh, well, wow, I I'm just contradicting myself. <laughs> so yeah, no, I've seen I've, I've, I've apparently seen three Bergman films that I didn't like because uh, Life of the Marionettes is awful, and The Serpent's Egg. I I don't know. That's a, that's his Hollywood film. Um, I mean, I haven't finished uh, both of these, so I will have to finish them at some point to uh, speak on them with authority. But those didn't speak to me the way um, his work from the '60s and the later '50s stuff did. Um, yeah, like a shame is from the 60s uh, the, the, the the films he shot on Faroe where he lived um, so he was kind of a, rec a re recluse he apparently didn't like people and he uh, moved to a to a to, to an island where nobody lived but him called Faroe <laughs> and uh, there, there, there um, he had his house there's a documentary in which legendary filmmakers go to Bergman's house after his death and <laughs> look through it like uh, Martin Scorsese and people like that um, legendary island. Um, yeah, no, I love his 60s stuff, uh, his later 50s stuff. Um, and uh, so uh, I, I think in the last podcast, I said uh, his, his, his later works um, are, I, 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 I haven't seen, I haven't seen a late Bergman film yet that I am absolutely in love with. Um, and that has changed now. Uh, I love this. I love this one, even though I thought that maybe I would not. I, I just want to continue and you just, kept your microphone and had a monologue why did you do that <laughs> i'm sorry i did i i i, I did a nissan there didn't i <laughs> now i'm i just wanted to tell that i uh watched uh, not many movies of him yet like four or something i i thought shame was really really great and um this movie i didn't expect it to be bad because um i i was um, so on. I, I always liked the movies I've, I watched of him, but, um, this one I also really, really liked. And what I, um, absolutely adore, uh, about, uh, Bergman movies is that they're always so, they, they seem so simple. Um, but, but you can, when you watch it, you, you can still, um, like see the whole, I don't know how he makes it that it's so simple and so epic at the same time. Yeah, yeah, I That's absolutely kind agree. Kind of his style, and with this, uh, with this movie, it was the same. It was only one location on a stage, and and only three actors, and it was very simple, but it was still so epic somehow. Yeah, a, a, a bit like we said about uh, a ghost story, just done in a very different way. Yes, but a ghost story was. Not that simple. It's yeah. not like so many effects and different locations and blah. So Bergman always talks about very universal uh, stuff in a in a very simple and intimate way, right? Yes. And it's always so a uh, few characters. I love that. You had anything to add? Um, I think also he keeps playing with expectations in general. Yeah. In, as a style in his movie, he like that cliche Chekhov thing if you see a gun it's gonna blow up that he doesn't do he doesn't deliver but you know fucks up with your expectations then I think it's great 
Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, now that you mention it, this this, this film always uh, almost had a kind of Hitchcockian tension there. Like he he kept teasing um him being possibly her father and at the same time kept teasing a relationship between them mm -hmm. and he never really went there but that made it uncomfortable at times it's yeah it's interesting and then in the end it didn't matter if he was his, her father or her lover or whatever it was not about that yeah right right okay so let me quickly um sum also, up i thought all three of them the actors were really great absolutely and we saw boobs for no reason Yes, um, uh, unexpectedly uh, okay boobs, right? Yeah, yeah, that's true. Also, yeah, like and and, and they didn't even look fake. Like like uh, su such an such an elderly lady, and um, she had kept her boobs all young and nice. And that's what she <laughs> said. She said, uh, "Look, my my boobs are still young and great." And I I even think she also said they're not even fake, but my face is so horrible. And I thought, wow that poor actress because <laughs> it's kind of true and he wrote that and she was really her star like when she was younger right yes yes that's uh, his star I yeah mean. that's that's that, that's uh ingrid tulin uh and and she has been like in so many bergman movies so i guess he knew about her boobs <laughs> uh, and he wrote that for her <laughs> Um, okay, so let me try to sum up the story. After a rehearsal, the legendary director of a play finds himself awkwardly alone with his young lead actress. He keeps thinking in his um, voiceover in a monologue, I want you to go away. Um, she starts to attempt small talk and then quickly tells him about her hatred for her dead mother, which is uncomfortable uh, for him because... Um, Her mother is his former uh, star and lover. He remembers her mother. So the mother um, enters the stage and now uh, they play out a scene that has happened between them, apparently before her death. Um, and that scene uh, sort of speaks about um, the, the, the weaponizing of psychology against unruly women. Um, The, the director kind of leaves her hanging in a situation that is obviously very bad for her. She talks about uh, different kinds of abuse uh, that she's a victim to and um, he doesn't really do anything about it and leaves her alone. Um, and then back in reality, um, the, the, the young actress um, tells him that she had an abortion to uh, play her part in that play um, and proposes an affair between the two of them. He says uh, no, but uh, then they go on to um, imagine together what it would be like if he was only 10 years younger and they would have um, that affair. And that's how the movie ends. Is that, um, did, I, did I miss anything out? No. I don't think so. Yeah, I mean, it, it was a pretty simple plot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, right. Pretty, pretty straightforward. Um, and and carried mainly by its uh, phenomenal dialogue, I uh, think. I, um, Jan, have you seen Bojack Horseman? Yes. Did you always uh, also feel reminded of Bojack Horseman watching this? Not necessarily, no. Why? Because of the dialogue? Um, because, because you, you know, that, uh, Bojack episode where he holds a eulogy for his mother, mm -hmm. which I didn't really enjoy. I, I see why people liked it. It's just, I don't know. It's a bit on the nose in times. 
I mean, yes, of course, this just shows uh, why you're a bad person, but but that episode, for example, I think Bojack did stuff like that not only once, like the uh, Bojack writer talked about being inspired by theater a lot. Um, and I think this film also was inspired by theater. And, and maybe maybe that's how I felt reminded of it, because uh, of what would I think, if not of uh, really obvious pop cultural icons, because um, I'm, I'm, I'm I'm just a, I'm just a peasant. Um, But that's funny. I thought of Bojack Horseman too. Um, this this mo uh, funeral monologues uh, episode, and also um, about this uh, episode about Beatrix or Beatrice. Um, yeah, exactly. Beatrice's mother, um, who gets a lobotomy. Yeah, that episode. Yeah, right. Um, so, so, Yaren, do you remember that? Yes. So there, there was a whole plot in Bojack Horseman about uh, psychology being or, or, or psychiatry, whatever, um, uh, being weaponized against women um, in Bojack Horseman. So, so um, there again, I felt a connection. So I think I, I think it's safe to say that if you like Bojack Horseman, if you like the more depressing uh, angles of, 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 of aspects of Bojack Horseman, uh, you will probably like this film, right? Yeah. Or Bergman in general. Yeah, 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 definitely. Or also, I also thought about, I watched those movies with Yaren, uh, Before Sunrise, Before Sunset, or oh, so, yeah. this Before <laughs> Blah Blah Trilogy. I also thought about that movies too. I haven't seen those. Cause the, also because of the dialogues and it, it was, everything felt so simple, but also very uh, kind of, not epic, but like, you know. Yeah. <laughs> You know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, any type of, you know, well-written, dialogue-driven movies yes. usually yes. turns out to be great. Have you seen my dinner with Andre? Yes. Is it good? Maybe a bit old by now. All the discussions and stuff, because it's not really um, that philosophical in its essence that it's like timeless it's more bond to that i think it was made in 70s or 80s so it's more day-to-day -day struggles of two i guess distant friends at the time but again it's great dialogue okay i i, I haven't seen my dinner with andrea just thought this this uh, mode of, of of having basically a two-hander as a movie um, it seems to not have been so unusual in the 70s and 80s. Um, but we've watched a documentary about Bergman um, too, like a four-part documentary. We've only watched three parts of the four, three of the four parts yet. But in the third part, it was about how Bergman was like a a massive uh, like pop star in the US, and how he was supposed to uh, appear in the Dick Cavett show, and he didn't want to go to the US for that. So they uh, they brought their studio there and stuff like that. So 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 they really made a big deal, um, an impossibly big deal out of him. And, uh, yeah, uh, interesting. Um, like also he had, uh, like the, the first one is, was about his childhood, right? Uh, documentaries, I mean. Oh yeah. The first episode, maybe. Yeah. And the second episode was about how he was an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> and the third episode was how he was a successful superstar and not only like in the US like he could do whatever he wants everywhere because like in at home in Sweden 
uh, uh, I don't know how to say that in English, like this Steuerhinterziehung story. Yeah, he was, uh, he, he was, he was brought up on tax charges at some point. And like he was so uh, mad about uh, how how they treat him, how they how they hurt his pride, and he left the country. And uh, they they apologized and they uh, wanted him back. And he said, "No, I don't. I don't accept that that people treat me like that." And I was like, "I want to have that privilege." I, I get like uh, uh, bad letters all the time and I can't say, no, you can't make that with my pride. I just leave the country. I want to do that too. <laughs> um, that, that, that documentary, interesting. Um, the first episode was about Bergman as a child a bit and it was about his remarkable year, 19, I think, 58, when he made three of his classics like Wild Strawberries, um, Uh, Wild Strawberries, uh, The Seventh Seal and Brink of Life and then also had a big production of Per Günd and then he made a TV play also. So uh, it was a big year for him. And the funny thing with, with Ingmar Bergman's childhood is that he was not like that suffering artist whose parents were mean to him and stuff like that. His brother was. <laughs> he was the favorite child and he got everything what he wanted, uh, as always. And uh, his brother hated him. And his brother was basically tortured by everyone. And then Ingmar went and made, made supposedly autobiographical pictures about what happened to his brother. <laughs> so... And then, and then episode two was about how, how he was a bastard. It was about how he supported uh, the Nazi party um, until after the war and, and stuff like that. And then the third episode was about how he was a god. That was but really like the uncomfortable part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but, but the third episode was about how he was a god and could do no wrong and, and his, his films never fail to be amazing. And, and yes, his films are great. But if you think about it, like his films are like so white yeah, definitely definitely uh, no non-white people in Sweden is so white yeah yeah but I, I mean no Scandinavia does have immigrants and uh, and Scandinavia has a massive uh, problem with racism and fascism there, 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 there has been like especially in the 90s and 2000s there has been a, a, a terrible wave of um Of, uh, of violence against uh, immigrants in Norway and Sweden. And I mean, in the 90s, Norway had the whole uh, black metal scene. Those guys were basically Nazis, like many of them, like Burzum, for example, Vakvikanis, uh, famous guys. So that kind of stuff just doesn't get addressed that much, I guess, publicly. But um, they do have immigrants and there would be immigrant stories to tell in Scandinavia. But um, Bergman never does. And uh, I don't see many Scandinavian films that do, but I must admit, I don't see many Scandinavian films. So um, what do I know? <laughs> Back to this film. Um, very theatrical. Um, almost, yeah. almost like it, almost like, almost like it was a play, right? It was all uh, set on a stage, literally. What's uh, happening there in Istanbul right now? I, I thought the I cops are police. chasing people. Yeah. <laughs> Do you, you have, have a curfew? Lockdown, no, not curfew. You can't get out at any time. Oh, at really? Yeah, until What? next week. Crazy. Can, can, yeah. can you go to the shops? Well, only in your neighborhood. We, we, we have a curfew and we almost uh, missed our curfew last night. We wanted to get Durham um, and, 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 and we walked too slowly. Like we, we arrived at the kebab place right the second we had to turn around and go back home. 
<laughs> so we couldn't get our dirim, and we arrived at home precisely at nine when the when the curfew started, and and, and then we had to um, funny, get it delivered. And the funny thing was, like, when we first noticed it, we were like, "But what? Other people are outside too," and like. Okay, and then like five minutes later, okay, in 10 minutes, we have to be at home. And I look like at other people outside and they're just like us. Like, oh God, I have to go home. Yeah, everyone was <laughs> running. Um, because it costs 25,000 euros if you if, if they if they catch you. Nobody wants to pay. If I have 25,000 euros, I would make a film. All right, so um, this was a very theatrical film. It was all set on a stage. It had only three actors. So uh, at some points I thought, well, this would work as a play, right? But then he did these uh, things that were that were so definitively cinema, like uh, uh, things that would not be easily possible in the theater. For example, he exchanged uh, the young actress with a child uh, while the mother was on stage and they had the whole flashback scene because in that time, Uh, she, she was supposed to be 12 years old. Um, there was a, a, a voiceover. And then in, in, in general, uh, his, his genius um, DOP Sven Nyquist did, did all these interesting things with this one location and these uh, three actors. So um, I'm going to propose a film term of the week um, because I think in the 60s or at some point, um, I think... Hitchcock uh, is often associated with this and Nolan speaks about it um, to differentiate uh, cinema from uh, art forms like theater, for example, or theater in particular. Uh, people all, uh, often speak about very visual cinema as um, pure cinema, like as a, as a, as a, as a piece of art that, that, that is only possible in the cinema um, and, and that tells is its story visually and that you could not imagine in any other form. And um, I would say uh, this this is um, in in relation to that. I would call this stage cinema, because it's not quite a filmed play. It is very cinematic. It would not work this way as a play. You would have to change it. But it's still very theatrical. You know, is stage cinema an okay term? Yeah, it's great. Yeah, but I mean, apart from that particular flashback scene, I don't think there was anything they couldn't have done on an actual stage. There was voiceovers. Well, you can do that on stage Which too, of course. Which many, many times in theaters, so... It's not But it's hard. lame. Plus, there's the, 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 the Sven Nyquist visuals. And Leave also, me my film term. <laughs> And yes, maybe there's there's only few things that you couldn't do on a stage, but there is a few things that you couldn't do on a stage. So it is stage <laughs> cinema. <laughs> Dogby. Also, if it would be like on stage, like it, if it would be a play, I would really, really feel bad for the actress um, Lena Olin played, the, like the daughter. Yeah, but that's not unusual so for for like a stage in actor. In the middle for I don't know. 30 minutes or so she just, she just has to sit and wait <laughs> yeah and then she goes away and, and just puts a child there um, but uh, uh, Dogville for example would be another example of stage cinema 
Um, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. And and some Fassbinder films, for example, uh, The Bitter Tears of uh, Petra von Kant. That's that's stage cinema too. But yeah, I, I, um, I, I, I as um, as I often am with uh, Bergman stuff, I was impressed with his art of reduction. Like three people, one location. I find it hard to come up with concepts like that. Yet we still uh, we just did that. Um, we, we we made a film called. Covid metamorphoses with only three people uh, set all in our flat. So um, I did learn and, from the and, master. And unexpected boobs. Um, are there unexpected boobs in Covid no. metamorphoses? No boobs. No. But uh, like the muscle guy is naked once, is he? Yeah. So unexpected ripped go uh, dude. Is that is that fine for you too? Well, it sums up Covid pretty well. Everybody started working out at home. <laughs> yeah, 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 right, right, right. Um, and, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, I, 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 I just, I just, um, love, uh, this, this kind of film. Plus, um, I love making that. Like, it's, it's so, in, 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 in a way, relaxing to, and, uh, um, and, and such, such a luxury to have the, um, have, have the time and concentration to really work with the individual actors. Um, and apparently, um, Bergman did enjoy that too. And obviously the actors, um, enjoyed it too, uh, because, because these are all actors who have worked with him again and again and again. And in that documentary, for example, nobody has a bad word to say about him. Uh, well, they do have bad words to say about him, but his, they don't seem to be. His brother does. They, 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 yeah, yeah, but the actors too, but nobody seems to be angry at him at all. Yeah, that's so weird because he was like dating all of his actresses and he he uh, also cheated on all of them but <laughs> yeah because because he was dating them all simultaneously yeah but but they're all cool with him how did he do that like when you when you see a documentary about Fassbinder uh, everybody will be talking about how, uh, what a monster he was and everybody just says yeah Ingmar he would eat his his cookies and he's such a nice guy <laughs> <laughs> And like he's he was friends with all of his ex-girlfriends. It's so weird. Yeah. Is that why you guys got into cinema movies business? Because what? Because you want to date everyone and stay friends with them. When I decided to become a filmmaker, I was uh, two or three years old. I didn't think about dating back then. Nissan, how about you? Same, but I was a little bit older. I was eight or so. Yeah. So 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> so that kind came later. But yeah, speaking about uh the the, the this film um um this film discussing really profound things in an intimate way. Um I think when in the end uh like okay there there was this sort of political uh, theme about about uh, psychiatry which um possibly was even ahead of its time um and 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 kind of feminist in a way um but 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 that's often ascribed to 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 Bergman uh, to 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 have been quite the feminist um but 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 then there's this whole thing about um the director saying he's too old to date the young actress and he's quite right about that um but uh Especially knowing uh, the background of Bergman uh, dating his actresses all the time, um, that's that, to, to me that was such a profoundly sad metaphor for aging. Like mm. when they when they started talking about how it would have gone, mm. uh, was it, uh, w w would it have just been ten years earlier? It also reminded me of 
We are such uh, dullies because I'm going to say another uh, pop cultural series uh, now, but it also reminded me of the last scene of Annie and what's his name from Community? Oh, yes. Yes. Have you seen Community, Jaren? Yeah. Have you seen the last episode? Yep. When, 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 when I, Jeff... I, I didn't think about it until you mentioned it, though. But, but when Jeff and Annie had the whole thing? Mm-hmm. Similar, right? <laughs> I mean, same idea, young woman and, you know, pedo guy. <laughs> He's not so excited and touched like uh, we are from pop culture last. This <laughs> man is way more uh, intellectual and cultural than we are. <laughs> He doesn't feel that deep for pedophiles, mainly. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, you did not think it was a profound metaphor for aging, Jan? <laughs> Didn't make you sad? <laughs> no, definitely. I don't know. When, when it's like 15 year or more age difference, it becomes wrong in my head. Yeah, yeah, in mine too. I want to be very clear about that. And I'm, 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 I'm very happy they did not uh, do anything, but just talked about it. No, I just found that to, to be from his perspective, uh, a sad thing to consider that that like there's this this director um who, who whose whose life's work was fucking his uh, lead actresses um realizing i'm too old for that now that's never gonna happen again but also now that you mentioned that he dated everyone did he also date this woman at the time uh, the young one no i don't think so not that i knew No, 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 no. He he, he dated, I, I think he But dated I, Ingrid Tulin at some point. the mother, I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. So he was no creep, just a... Um, <laughs> Horny old man. Yeah, just a man with heart, with a, with a big with a heart. With a heart penis. <laughs> with, a, with a big heart for every woman in his age. <laughs> well, I don't just know. Like When he dated Liv Ullmann, she was uh, considerably younger than him. Really? Oh, just, yeah. Just like Weinstein. <laughs> yes, Ingmar Bergman was just like Harvey Weinstein. That's the point of this episode. Um, yeah, in, in, in the film, uh, the the older actors uh, Erland Josefsson uh, and and Ingrid Tulin, um, they 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 had been um, they had been stars in uh, films by Bergman. Um, like, uh, for example, Erland Josefsson was the stars in Scenes from a Marriage, which, which is one of the one of the most well-known things Bergman ever did. Um, and Ingrid yeah, Tulin was... I've been meaning to watch it, but I just couldn't find time. Yeah, uh, I, I, I want to watch it too, um, but uh, I haven't so far. But there, there, there's more Bergman to explore for all of, the, of, of us. Like, this guy has made films, like, from the... 40s up and uh, into the, the 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 early 2000s. There's like tons to discover still. Like he had made like over 100 movies, no? I I, I don't know the exact mm. number, but I I think so. Yeah, and, and, and IMDb says 70. Okay, but but uh, does that include uh, the TV plays and the TV yeah, shows? I think so. Really? So 70. Okay, that's that's a lot too. Yeah, that's yeah, still, still impressive. Hard. And if you consider how many of those are considered classics, right? Yeah. Usually like big directors made like three classics or so. If, 
Yeah, in the documentary, someone says, uh, so yeah, he was he was uh, as productive as Fassbinder, um, and Fassbinder was fueled by um, by amphetamines, while Bergman <laughs> was fueled by sex. <laughs> 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 Which makes this film even sadder, because his fuel ran out, I guess. <laughs> well, it still made him live longer than Fassbinder, so maybe sex... Sex is more healthy <laughs> than amphetamines. <laughs> Um yeah uh so so no the, the the these two actors aged with him and I I I find that again really interesting how um there, there there doesn't seem to be any bad blood like again comparing this with Fassbinder everybody fucking hates him and 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 Fassbinder only made films for 13 years and in the end uh the same people from the beginning didn't want to work with him anymore but like I always thought about Fassbinder like he was this uh, arrogant asshole genius then I saw a documentary and I thought he was really nice and the people around him were assholes so maybe uh Ingmar Bergman was just in a better country yeah Swedes are better people I think this film again was written with with lots of uh, emotion and empathy. Yes. Right, Jalen? Yeah, yeah, and also it made me wonder what's the play they were actually talking about. Like what's she the lead of? A dream play by 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 Strindberg. Have have we hmm. read Strindberg, Jalen? Have you I, read? I have no idea. Nisan, have you? No, I heard of him for the first time in this film. Really? Yes. But, but but he's such a classic. I haven't read any any of his uh, <laughs> things either. I don't know. Say, I I haven't heard of him. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um. I. I now I'm 30 and I heard of him. <laughs> I think there's Ibsen and Strindberg. Uh, yeah, I've in, heard in of Sweden. Ibsen. Oh oh yeah, because of Bojack Horseman. Of Bojack Horseman. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> so that's one of the one of the two plays they talk about. They also talk about um the Bacay. Bakai, the Bakai, um, by by Euripides. Have have we all read that? No. <laughs> well, I have, and it's a great play. Let me tell you about the Bakai. <laughs> In the Bakai, uh, the Greek god Dionysus, um, the god of of culture, basically, um, and fun. Uh, and orgies comes to uh, a place which uh, whose, whose name I have forgotten. But there's a king. There's a king. He's a young king, and he says to uh, Dionysus, um, who's also called Bacchus, which is why uh, his followers are called the Bacchae. Um, he says to him, "Yeah, I know you are not a god because I think." Uh, I, I think they are somehow related, like his mother was a mortal, blah, blah. The king says to Dionysus, um, god of orgies, you're not a god, I don't like you, bugger off. Um, so then Dionysus, god of orgies, um, becomes angry, and one of his followers, uh, the one of the followers of um, Dionysus, god of orgies, is the king's mother, obviously. And... Um, Uh, Dionysus then proceeds to uh, manipulate the king's mother and her friends to uh, nakedly rip the king to shreds. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. I, I, um, yes, yes, yes. Uh, she, she, she doesn't realize uh, that it's her son uh, until afterwards. It's, it's, um, it's a great play. Um, and I, I would really want to um, uh, direct it on the stage one time. Greek plays are um, amazing anyways. Greek Tragedy Speaking rules. of directing, how would you direct this movie? Uh, I would not because it has been directed perfectly. Really? Yes. Do you not think so? 
I don't know. I mean, it made sense that they kept moving the camera after seeing the flashbacks. But if it was me, I would just put it on single spot, single angle, and possibly one take. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. You're right. That 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 would have been a route that I could have uh, wanted to pursue, doing it all in one take. Uh, yeah, you're right. I I I guess um, I guess I would have played around with the visuals a bit more. There would have been more mirrors. Um, I guess there would have been a musical scene in there. That's <laughs> that's the thing I do. <laughs> and, Look at my boobs. Uh, yes, yes, exactly. And uh, yeah, a bit more, a bit more uh, craziness in general. Probably, probably that I, I would have played around with the possibility of her mother being a ghost. Uh, so some horror element, um, stuff like that. I don't think it would have improved the movie, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> just, But just it would be so much fun to make. <laughs> yes, exactly. It just would have been fun for me personally. There would have been colorful lights everywhere. <laughs> it would have looked a lot different. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, but, but, but speaking of the look, uh, Sven Nyqvist uh, was again the DOP on this. Sven Nyqvist was, um, I, I think, starting in the 60s, the DOP that Bergman worked with a lot. I love their movie work together, like in black and white. Uh, Sven Nyqvist does such great uh, work with lighting. Um, it's always it, it 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 looks so so stark and brilliant. And then they made um, then they made together uh, Cries and Whispers, which just looks like a classical painting. Um, it's, it's in color, but it's basically all in white and red. It's, it's fantastic. Um, and, uh, yeah, um, I, I, I am impressed with that too, that, 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 that he worked with this, uh, DOP, um, all the time. The film also had the perfect length, to, right? It wasn't, wasn't too long, wasn't too short. Um, I, yeah, absolutely. It was, it felt like a short film. But like a good mm -hmm. feature short film. <laughs> yeah, I think it was like 70 minutes or something. I think mm -hmm. so, yeah. Yeah. Um, so That was also kind of a refreshing after like uh, all these Bellatar movies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think after watching Bellatar, Ingmar Bergman will always be refreshing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, e even the Sweet Cat Bob was way too long. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. So, uh, a street cat. What, what do you guys think? Um, how would Ingmar Bergman have directed a street cat named Bob? <laughs> he wouldn't because he would get angry at all the cats. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, 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 but let's say he's, he's contractually obligated to. So, so he has to find a way around it. So then he, maybe he would make, uh, like the cat a woman. <laughs> Liv Ullmann yeah, would play Bob. <laughs> <laughs> a naked Liv Ullmann. In a cat costume, only no costume on her boobs. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> And then they went, would have deep philosophical discussions. Like the, under the bridge, like he's a junkie under the bridge and then there comes a cat, but he sees the cat as Liv Ullmann. <laughs> That would imply so much bestiality, you guys. <laughs> 
I've, I've just read the American. The, oh, I, I have to tell you about this. I, um, I, 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 I was uh, guesting on another podcast uh, last night, and uh, the host of that podcast always asks his his guests um, what their what their first uh, cinema going experience was. And my first film that I watched in the cinemas was a German uh, animated feature based on the town musicians of Bremen called uh, The Fearless Four. And uh, I read the wiki, uh, to, to to be prepared. I read the Wikipedia article um, for The Fearless Four. The, the English one and it said there that they exported the Fearless Four um, and uh, they had to cut out uh, a lot of stuff out of the out of the German version to export it for international markets they had to cut out boobs which I do not remember being in there and they had to cut out bestiality what? because because there's a scene in which the cat uh, the, 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 the the cat seduces uh, the villain I don't remember that my first cinema experience and they had to cut out the bestiality for the American markets. How, how old were you? I, six, I, I think. <laughs> and your mom didn't uh, didn't uh, uh, allow you to watch Lion King, but this was okay. Ah <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> bestiality speaking about uh, animated features um i have to i have to talk about this for a, a short while there's a youtuber uh, he's called joel havers he's a big uh, big youtuber right now he has like a million subscribers and he makes this um improvised short films oftentimes um very mumblecore like uh i think he's very funny um and and a lot of them he um animates so he does a, a motion capture like thing do i have to explain motion capture yeah i'm not sure what that is so so motion capture is uh Jan, have you seen the, the 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 first lot of the rings and hobbit movies the the animated ones uh no oh okay they, they, they were done in motion capture so motion capture is when you film a scene in in, in, in in live action and then you draw over the scene so it's animated. Oh, okay. Oh, so like scanner directly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. And there's a new tool for Premiere Pro uh, that basically does that automatically. Uh, like you, you, you have to put in some work uh, in, 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 in Photoshop, but but it's really easy to achieve uh, motion capture now. Um, oh, the, 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 that, that song, that clip... Um, What's his name? Take on me. Oh, that's that's also motion capture. Mm -hmm. I, I guess. Uh, so, so that 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 used to be a really complicated process. I think the 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 Bojack Horseman guy actually did uh, his next next show was uh, motion capture. Um, I, yeah. I, I hated that. Um, yeah. But but this Joel Havers guy, he does these uh, mumble call uh, two person talking uh, shorts and then uh, lets this uh, mocap tool. Um, Uh, run over it and that has a really interesting effect like we were talking about this reminding uh, us of um, Bojack Horseman I think there's something in there like having a really theatrical movie really dialogue based really few actors and one location and then having that animated mm -hmm. Nissan what I'm saying is <laughs> because it looks really easy let's do that let's make our next feature animated maybe yeah let's do it and why not you just stay young forever Nisha. yes <laughs> I, I, I mean when we met Leon must die I don't have to uh, bathe in virgin blood anymore <laughs> where do you find the virgin yeah it's really hard to find virgins oh no uh, I, 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 I mean <clears throat> okay um, no but um <laughs> 
back to my genius pitch. When we made Leon Must Die, we had these really cartoony elements in this basically Before Sunrise-like feature. And uh, Germans uh, especially took issue with that. But uh, if, it, if, if it had been animated, Germans would have understood Uh, the cartooniness being um, by design, you know? Since when do you want uh, to make movies for Germans? No, I don't. I Of course I don't, but I want to make a film like this, but animated. Okay, let's do it. Okay, um, I think we are, we, are, we, are, we, are, we are almost done. So uh, a dream play, we all um, haven't read it, so um, we all have no opinions on Strindberg. Um, uh, Bergmann rules... <laughs> That's it for, uh, from from my side for this movie. Jaren, do you have anything left to say? Um, I mean, one thing I found unnecessary was that minimal, the very first flashback from his childhood, I thought he could have integrated it much better, like the mom scene into the uh, stage as it is, instead of uh, going back and showing the actual flashback. But other than that, it was great. Yeah, when a when a when a film does one distinctive thing as its main feature, it's always um, a bit a bit jarring when they break with that, right? I don't even remember that. Yeah, I. I um, it's a really short, maybe five second scene. It just shows him when he talks about his childhood that he was on stage in the backstage and then seeing the actors for the very first time how they act and so on. Ah. It's like yeah, five seconds. But see, that makes it cinematic stage. Cinema, yeah, you guys. I just want to say we have a new term for this uh, this week's episode. Yes, 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 yes. Jan, uh, favorite quote. quote. Oh, this had so many. It was really hard to choose. But I think the one that jumps out the most is mom had lots of kids she didn't like and died of alcohol poisoning. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's a that's a very Bergman quote, isn't it? <laughs> um, all right, so that's that's this movie. Um, next week, um, we are going to watch Alice by Jan Schwenkmeier, uh, one of the most famous, I think, um, Soviet or post-Soviet uh, fantasy films. Um, a film that I have been looking forward to from the start. I've uh, wanted to watch this uh, for ages. You guys have heard about this, right? Um, no, I didn't. But it's it's no, uh, I had uh, no idea. in Wonderland movie, no? Yes, yes. Um, uh, would Turks be capable of listening, Nissan? You you would have heard about this because because I've I've, I've talked about it a lot. Um, <laughs> it's a it's a it's a very creepy stop motion uh, oh, adaptation. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, now I remember. Yeah, you said you said things about that. No, stop motion. I know. Mm. I remember that. Mm, okay. Uh, yeah. Um, and 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 it's like a classic. And this guy is 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 famous for his creepy stop motion work. And uh, it looks great uh, in, in 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 trailers. What what what? You know what we should do? What should we do? We should take the <laughs> microdose. Trump. Yes. I said that in the beginning. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. <laughs> So we're going to watch this movie on LSD. Um, <laughs> and it's perfectly legal. It's so perfectly legal. We can't can say talk that. about it. It's not really called LSD. It's something else. So um, bugger off cops. Uh, it's perfectly legal. Um, and, uh, and, and, and we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna talk about how that affected our enjoyment. Yeah. Oh, you know what? Mushrooms are legal now in DC. 
so I can try a similar yeah, experience. Yes! <laughs> Let's all watch Alice on Drugs. That's perfect. That's the perfect. It was intended. Um, over this following week, I will try to, like, there are many, many people um, lined up to guest on our uh, little show here. Um, and and after the Alice thing, I think that's brilliant. Let's let's all uh, watch it on uh, Hallucinogenics. Um And, and after that, I guess we will have a string of guests. Um, I hope uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to schedule everything over the course of this week. So next week, um, I will hopefully be able to tell you guys all about it. Um, that's it from my side. Uh, please, please, please leave a review on iTunes if you are a good person. Um, And uh, find me on TikTok and on www.larshenrix.de. And have you watched Leon Must Die, by the way? Um, very similar to, 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 to this movie. I also have, uh, we also have two more uh, films on Amazon Prime, uh, Bear Kittens and Performaniacs. Performaniacs is also a film about the theater. So if you, if you are now, um, as Jaren is, uh, nostalgic for uh, the theater going experience, um, watch uh, Performaniacs. It has a very immersive uh, scene simulating an immersive theater performance uh, sh shot in one take um, not shot in one take no but um, we, we try to pretend to um, <laughs> so uh, it should be everything you want to see right now so go to amazon.com and um, watch our films that's all I have to say for this week thank you all bye bye Nissan bye Yaren bye no closing words from you guys Well, we Jaren said the favorite quotes, and I uh, had the uh, idea with the drugs. Okay, all right. <laughs>